right. Hello, everybody. and Welcome to another episode of Marriage Matters with Ken and Shar. We're so glad you're joining us today. How you doing, babe? Good. good. I'm good. Yep. As I'm, always, doing awesome? Well, not, all, not as always. <laughs> I don't always do awesome, but usually if I'm sitting here, I'm doing pretty darn good. You're right. If we're here doing this, we're, we're good. We're doing okay. Awesome. Otherwise... I wouldn't be doing this, huh? True that. Yeah. True that. Yeah. So All right. Good. I'm, I'm excited about this. This episode? This episode and the last couple episodes that we've had. This has been good, right? It has been. And I, th- we were just talking about this. So this is the first time we've really, I mean, we've always loved these verses. Mm-hmm. We're in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse seven through mm-hmm. 12. Familiar passage quoted in just about every wedding you're ever going to go to, mm-hmm. you know, um, two are better than one. What a declaration that is. We've always loved this verse, and it was instrumental in us really getting serious about doing this mm-hmm. really for the rest of our life and right. working with marriages. But um, this is the first time we've taught through these things like yes, this. It, yeah. It's the first time we've ever expounded. Well, actually, I have to say, Kenny has ever really uh, studied through this and expounded it, and I got, get to just share my insights and thoughts about it because <laughs> he does he does the hard. We work. sit down and I go, honey, honey, look what I'm thinking here. Look what look what the Lord's showing me here. You know, but it's yeah. Great. So he he's good at that, and I'm good at always throwing my two cents in, <laughs> whether they mean anything or not. But I'm good at it. So awesome. But I am excited about really dissecting these verses and seeing what they really mean. Well, in the end, they do anything we do is going to build a, a stronger theology for marriage. Mm-hmm. That's what marriage matters is all about, right? And mm-hmm. this verse is so loaded with uh, understand and revelation, understanding about my role in your life and your role mm-hmm. in my life, right? Right. Um, so, and today isn't any different. This is the actual third part of a four part, uh, four episode mm-hmm. uh dive into these verses. So deep dive. Deep <laughs> you cracked <laughs> Sorry. me. All right. So let me just pray. Father God, just uh we just love you, mm-hmm. Lord. You've created such an awesome mm-hmm. thing. And and we tend to drift from it, Lord. All of us do. And even right now as we're sharing our heart and people are listening, may our hearts be drawn back to your design. Uh because Lord, you design it and it is good. It glorifies you. And it is for our highest good. And we just thank you for it. Thank you for our marriages and our mm-hmm, partners. Mm-hmm. Lord, we just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I just wanted to add, because I said the deep dive thing, because yesterday, I think on our, or last week on our, one of the episodes, I don't know when it was, I asked about the deep dive and how that came about, because I hadn't heard it before. Well, I first heard it from my sister and she's so cute. Anyway, she said something about I've gone on a deep dive into, I think it was ancestry stuff, and it was so adorable. And I went, I've never heard that before. So hey there, sis. Yep. I I learned deep dive. I learned deep dive, and you know what? <laughs> Since you said it to me, you like that term, yeah? No, I've heard it a hundred times. <laughs> it's like where have I been? That's great. I don't know where I've been. Okay, that means nothing about anything, but we are going a little deep dive. There too. you have it. It's my favorite new words now. So being the third part, uh, we've, we've already talked about it's uh, two is better than one. Why? Because A, uh, the two have a, a greater reward for their labor. We talked about that labor being our investment in life. It's a greater reward together than one being one alone. 
And part two, the, se- the second reason that two is better than one is that when one falls, the other is there to pick them up. So this is telling us exactly why I exist in Charlene's life and wives, why you exist in your husband's life. What makes it better than being alone? This part comes from verse 11. Let me read it again. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm or warmed alone? So I think what's clear here (laughs) is that the word warm here is not uh, meaning simply one's body temperature (laughs) or the weather outside. Uh, It could include that. Being warm is cool. Well, being warm is better than being cold. Well, yeah, jumping in a in a cold bed and having a, a partner it's there. It's not fun. That's right, and and being warm that way is good. But the Bible the Bible actually uh, often uses cold and warm uh, metaphorically, really throughout the Bible uh, a number of times. Like they're they're used both in the same passage in Revelation chapter three when he talks about I, I wish you were either warm or cold in your faith, and because you're he uses the word lukewarm mm-hmm. uh, in your faith. The, the, the Lord said, I'll, I'll, you'll be spewed out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. So he's using warm and cold there to describe the condition of someone's right. faith, right? He's not talking about literary temperature. Mm-hmm. And, and in many places uh, in Matthew 24, uh, it talks about in the end times, right before Jesus returns, that the love of many will what? Wax cold. Wax cold or grow cold. Mm-hmm. That it'll be a loveless world, a loveless... And, culture for us that that will be on the rise that right even, before Christ comes. And I even think that applies to marriages. I uh, totally agree, uh, which but, is what we're seeing yes. right now, that love, if love is devotion, consecration, mm-hmm. and sacrificial, uh, the giving of one's life till we go to be with Jesus, then yes, that is growing it's, cold. It's, it's growing cold. Absolutely. So, and First Peter talks about our our faith being refined by heat um, in the fire. Um, Jesus told a parable of the soils and talked about the seed that springs up and when it hears the word of God, but withers away when the sun rises high and the heat comes, it withers uh, kind of a shallow uh, faith, uh, a pretend faith that, that withers away. So the Bible uses cold and hot and as, as metaphors mm-hmm. all the time. And I think that's what this is. We think together, this is how we've, I think, defined that word warm here as a metaphor. It seems to us that the word warm here is a metaphor for comfort in difficult, icy, cold times in life. Now, I, I want to interject something here because when I read this verse, I've always looked at it and visualized me since I am such a bath person. I get cold really <laughs> easy. I'm really, really cold. I love, since I was a little girl, to just slip into a bath that's hot. And all of a sudden, everything is just right. You're comfort, yeah. I'm comfortable. Yep. I'm warmed. Yep. I am I'm peaceful. I'm immediately relaxed. I can just feel my shoulders just going, oh, this feels so good. Yeah. It, the same as when it's been a long, cold winter and the sun starts appearing. Yeah. And you feel that warmth on your face when you walk outside and yeah. you just look at the sun. I, you just turn your face to the sun, at least I do, and just want to 
sit oh, there. Yeah. You thaw. I don't want to yeah. move. I just, I love the enveloping factor of how comforting right. that warmth is. Right. And I, I've always read this verse like that. That's the image you get? The image every single time. All these people at the beach just going, this feels so good. You know, I just love it. And, and when you live in a cold place or people that do live in a cold place, when that sun comes out, they're running to it. You bet. And that's what that's what I think of when I read this verse. Well, and, and here's the point of the verse is that uh, a spouse, a husband and a wife mm-hmm. can be exact. That's a fact. It's why you're in their life. It's right. what makes two better than one. When right. someone's alone from a human standpoint, there's nobody in their life to, to do that, it. to bring that warmth mm-hmm in the chilly winters of life. Two's mm-hmm. better than one because mm-hmm. of that. Some examples of, uh, and again, I think if we're going to have a right theology for marriage, it's really important to for everybody to understand that our marriages exist in a broken world, mm-hmm. in a world that we're assured that winter's coming, mm-hmm. that tribulation's going to abound, challenges are going to come, gang that it won't always be the warm and fuzzies, but you'll have winter seasons in your life. Mm -hmm. Everything in this world is decaying. There's a curse in this world that came in with man's Mm -hmm. sin. Mm -hmm. And everything in this world is in decay. It's degenerating and will continue to do so. And only what is redeemed through the sacrifice of Christ will go on. Mm -hmm. And that is men's souls. Everything else is a challenge. Man, my my garden gets overrun with weeds if I don't take care of it. It's so right? bad right now. It is bad right Our now. Our grass is really, really bad. I hate, I agree. I hate spurge. Yeah. Okay, that's another. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I got we, work to do. Yeah, we do. So the, these winter seasons, we've had them. You've had them. Everyone has had them. Maybe even as you're listening, you're in one now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just talk about some of the things okay. that we're talking about. Hang a little flesh on it. Uh, sickness and disease can strike. Yeah, the I, it will strike. We've been with not it with, can it will. No, we've been with people where the dreaded uh, cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. comes, and at that point, we've seen incredibly husbands and wives rise up to that challenge mm-hmm. and bring really radical comfort and warmth to that one that's battling through. Mm-hmm. Um, where's this disease going to take me? Where's this going to go? And we've seen really in a wonderful way marriages that that operate the way they should when that spouse steps up and fights that battle alongside of them and joins them in it when that when someone's alone can you imagine being alone and mm-hmm. isolated and that diagnosis comes i can't imagine mm-hmm. how lonely that would feel two is better than one family uh sometimes dreams are smashed uh, th- th- that's not uncommon in this world where things you've worked towards and uh, planned toward, yeah, and, and hoped, hoped in, for. Mm-hmm. yeah, and and they just don't materialize. Uh, mm-hmm. They life takes a different turn and becomes something that you never dreamed it right. would, and certainly wasn't a dream you had, and that can create a wintry, cold chill. Mm-hmm. Um, for a season of life for people. The hardest on human beings seems to be loss. It is. The loss of a dream, the loss of a child, the loss of a home, the tragic loss of a marriage that Mm -hmm. everyone marries for life. Mm -hmm. But the statistics are so, they're terrifying Mm -hmm. that 
not every marriage that marries for life makes it. They don't survive. Right. Right. And that loss of, of, of a marriage can be one of the most wintry seasons of life. Loneliness abounds in our world mm-hmm. and isolation, alienation, betrayals. I can imagine that everybody listening uh, has been betrayed at mm-hmm. one time or another by someone right. that you wanted to trust and mm-hmm. did, and did, did trust. trust, right? Mm-hmm. And boy, that'll thrust you into a chilling, difficult winter season of life as you recover from that. Uh, evil in this broken world, this sin-broken world, can touch our life in many different ways, right? And and so, again, a right theology for marriage has to include that all of us are married in the middle of a really challenging world, and winter uh, is going to have to be dealt with. You may be in a summer right now or a spring and everything's awesome, but dear ones, let us tell you, there's a winter coming. Well, you know, if you've been married very long, and human very long yeah. in this world very long there are winters that they they come just like summer does they come just like spring does and it's a ever changing season in our life and as i'm listening to you i'm thinking of a really difficult season in my life and it was it started about 11 years ago with my dad passing and it it, it was not I mean, death is never wonderful, but it was hard. It was a very difficult season. It didn't last more than a couple, four months. But during that time, it was it was my first real yeah. um, brush with death. Yeah. And I loved my dad dearly, my yeah. parents dearly, they my, were, you my were family. Close. Yeah. And my dad was everything to me. He was my protector and my security, my provider, and until that I married Kenny, and then it took some years too for me to kind of place that trust in my husband. That didn't happen fast. No, yeah. it didn't. And because my dad was always there, he was a good man. He was a good man, and he was a good dad to me. And he, he, he I clung on to my dad, and then I was very blessed to be able to go to have another man in my life that I knew I could cling on to, but. In, during his passing, I wasn't prepared for it. Not that he wasn't old enough to pass. He was, and he was sick. Sickly. Oh yeah, even it, though it, I don't, I don't have any wish. I have would have had more time with my dad. That wasn't it. It was just hard. It was hard to watch someone that I love so much um, go through this suffering. Yeah, and. I was unended by it. Yeah. I truly was. Yeah. It thrust you into it, a wintry it, it time. It did. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't know how I would react. I didn't react well. In my own spirit, I felt like I was very shaken, not in the Lord or anything like that. It just hurt me. Yeah. And I remember at one point we were spending the night every night there with my parents because my mom just, she couldn't do this by herself. And Kenny was with me and my sisters and I would all take turns spending the night. And in the middle of the night, my dad, we had to give him his meds and it was heartbreaking to me. Yeah. I couldn't do anything but cry. This was the hardest of it. I just would cry. I could not go in there. And my husband would get up and go take care of my dad for me. It makes me tear up thinking about it right now. It was very, very hard for me. Yeah. And when he would come back in the room, and I'd be sitting there crying, 
And I would say, I have never loved you as much as I love you right now because you took something that is so hard for me and you gave me comfort in it. Yeah. You were there for me. And it was like that warm bath that I sink into. It's like you put your arms around me and said, it's going to be okay. I can, I can bear this for you. Yes. And the comfort that it gave me, I, was, I have never experienced anything like it. And it was so great to experience that with my husband and have him step up for me. And I thought, I want to be that to him too. How difficult to think about, as you were just sharing that, babe, I was thinking how difficult to go through that alone. If someone, I can't imagine how you would have powered through that. I truly don't know. I mean, you're never really alone. I mean, no, you're not. I have the Spirit of God is ever with you. He was. But there's something about, a human touch, right? That just brings comfort. It does. And I, I know my weakness and weaknesses. I have a lot of them. And one of them is that kind of situation that I'm emotionally just floored. Yeah. And to have someone, and especially be my husband, it could have been, God would have used other people too. Sure. But he used my husband to just be there for me. That's an important point to make though, that we're not, this doesn't just extend to husbands and wives. We're looking at this verse through the lens of marriage, but but we can be a comfort to people around us Mm -hmm. who are also in the winter season of life. Exactly. That, that, that's our role in people's lives. And And, and specifically our role, but we have to get this guys, that that was my role in her life. I, our marriage, God brought us together for that. And she's been that to me in the winter seasons of my life too. Well, I, I, I remember thinking, you have to get up and go to work tomorrow. He could have looked at me and said, you know, Sharon, this is your dad. Sorry. Um, i am got to go to work tomorrow. I have these plans. I don't want to be tired. All that is a real thing. Yeah. It's a good excuse. Yeah. But I was so thankful that when I looked at him and he knew that he, that I needed him. Yeah. I needed him for emotional support to give me comfort that he was able to look past his own needs, really. He was able to bear up under that when I was vulnerable. And I I think that's the whole point. I really appreciate that still to this day, Kenny. I'm telling you, I really do. That was really hard for me. Thanks, babe. Yeah. But that's, that's what we're after here is just the acknowledgement. And again, this it, all this really is a return to a biblical understanding, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a right theology for why I exist in your life, what this marriage is all about. Right. And I'm here for that. I know you're there for that in my life when uh, coldness comes and I'm frigid and, and I've had loss or uh, suffered a betrayal and there's been a number, right? You seem to weather it a lot better than me. Well, <laughs> you do. Let's yeah, face it. I don't know you about do. that, but I'm I'm a little bit more um, emotional than and you. And when are. you lost your dad, we went, you went through something similar when you lost your mom mm-hmm. a few years after that. But Very and those are the most recent. But there's been seasons of illness mm-hmm. where we've had to uphold one another, yeah, or right. betrayal, or you're loss, right. and heartache. Look, family, this this world is broken, and as a comfort to you, here's the point: God designed marriage. Isn't that awesome? It's just awesome. Now, well, I now, always say, I always say, I know why God brought you to me because I need you so desperately because I'm a little weak thing here. 
and you're like a stud, you know, and not much gets to you. And I'm like, everything gets to me. But I always said, thank you, Lord, that I have this. I know that he would, I know he would be faithful to me no matter yeah. what, with or without you. But it sure is nice having And it's terrible. Just stop and think about it, gang. It's it's terrible when a when a spouse who could bring that kind of comfort and speak into that is too indifferent, too preoccupied, too selfish, too fearful, right? right. Too insecure to think that I, I can move in that kind of power or authority. That the Lord could use me right, this way. Right. And, they, and it doesn't even, for so many, here's what I'm afraid of, is it doesn't even dawn mm-hmm. on a husband or a wife at that moment where her husband's really eating it or she's really mm-hmm. troubled. Uh, she got thrust, or he did, into the middle of a winter, right? Uh, to It doesn't even dawn on them that I'm here for this day right Maybe now. I can be Superman, right, you know? Right on. Wow, right. I could, God could use me. Right. God could use me to speak to this. We feel so inept and insecure sometimes about the way the Lord can use us. Right. And we get, oh no, timid. And it's like, no, God can, God can have you go over and lay your hands on your spouse Pray over them yeah. for anything. Yeah. Because that's what the Lord says for us to do. Sure. Call unto him. Yep. And and ask him. He'll give you what you need. He'll give you the Holy Spirit. Right. For one thing. And to be bold in that saying, No, I believe what God said in his word. Right. And I'm going to exercise it right now. Yeah. This is what my spouse needs. And I, I love that boldness and the, the confidence in the Lord that we have when we can come True. and do that. Uh, in the way of wrapping this up, we're starting to run out of time here a little bit, but uh, Sean and I were talking right before we began to record this and uh, the Lord brought this verse to mind and, and it's in John chapter 14 where he says, I- I'm going to pray the father and he's going to give you mm-hmm. a helper. Uh, the King James version oh, yeah. translates that comforter, right? Right. Uh, I'm going to give you a helper. The other translations of that title helper are intercessor or an advocate, a consoler or a comforter. Wow. Right? That he may abide with you forever. And then he goes on to say, he's the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because he neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So here's my thought. This is what we want to leave you with today is that the, the same as, as Jesus prayed the Father and the Holy Spirit is given to the church for this exi- to be our comforter, right? Our advocate. Because he knows how badly we need it. We're in a broken world. Right. Right? And he supplies that comfort, the warmth we need when winter hits mm-hmm. a smack dab in mm-hmm. the face, right? When the, the bite of a winter season comes, thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit. So that means this. Here's what we want to leave you with. As a husband or a wife, you are never more like Jesus than when you step in there and comfort them and bring warmth in the middle of of their most wicked winter time. Mm-hmm. And you're never more the flip side of that same coin is for me, or let me personalize this. I am never being more unlike the Lord when I am without compassion and without empathy or sympathy, and I am indifferent to Charlene. Mm -hmm. That's true of of everyone listening right now. We're never more like the Lord than when I'm stepping in there and boldly bringing comfort through 
everything from touch and hugging and praying over them, praying with them, words of encouragement and strength being spoken to them. I'm never being more like the Lord who said, I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit, the Comforter Mm -hmm. comes, and He'll be in you. And we're never more unlike Him when we're indifferent to the wintry seasons of our spouse's life. And I, I must say that I'm sure that there's been many times that Kenny has thought, we're going to go here again. <laughs> and he's probably thought, is she not going to get over this? No. Well, I'm sure it's crossed your mind a couple of times. Are we going to talk about this again? Yeah. I can, you know, but but what's so awesome is that the compassion and empathy, when you can put your own selfish stuff aside and go, no, they're hurting. And I can... I can alleviate some right. of this. Is I'm a I'm the perfect person right now to come in and pray and right comfort this person and and it's usually in areas like I talked on um, last week. I think it was last week or the week before where we have our weaknesses and it's sometimes it's the same thing over and over and over again mm-hmm. and you can kind of get exasperated that person hasn't maybe grown past it. Right. But you know what? That's, we're just human. And you know that they're frustrated by that. Yeah, they don't exactly. want to be there, right? No, you don't want to. That's why no one words wants of to encouragement and care are so important at that right. time. Right. No one wants to be there. Yeah. So it's, 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 it, it brings back a lot of sweet and painful yeah. memories, but you know, the Lord was good to us during those oh, times. So and good. he will, and because he was good to us then, he will continue to be. Because that's what his word says. That's right. And I love that. I don't have to fear the future because I know that that God has given me my comforter and and a lot in, in my spouse also that he will always be with me and never leave me or forsake me. Well said. Mm-hmm. Again, here's the point. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Well, uh, we just thank the Lord for our marriages that we have mm-hmm. a a compassionate and caring partner. And you know what? If you're listening to this and you go, you know what? I, I can lack empathy. And and I can too. I've I've felt that. And then then call on the Lord mm-hmm. and say, man, Lord, I've never really thought about it, but I'm I'm here for this. You put me in that life for seasons like that. And he did. And you can do that. Because he says he will. He says he will give you the Holy Spirit. And that's what the Holy Spirit's primary job is, to comfort. Comfort. Yep. Awesome. Oh, how fun. Yeah? Yeah. You good, babe? I'm great. Yep. This was great. I'm getting all encouraged now just sitting here talking about it. I am too. I'm all, I'm like all mushy, squishy, (laughs) emotional kind of right now. I'm all revved up. (laughs) It's good. All right, family. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Marriage Matters with Ken and Shar. Mm -hmm. Again, check us out at our website, kenandshar.com. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. And God bless you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great being with you. Uh Charlene, see you later. Hasta la vista. (laughs) Bye-bye, guys. Bye.